Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. note at the top of the show here, this is your last chance to get our pre-sale price for our online course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. We're offering the course for this final week at almost half price. That's only $3.69. The course is a very comprehensive and in-depth look at everything we believe anyone would need to know about home birth, free birth, and giving birth in your power. The Complete Guide to Free Birth will likely never be available at this low price again. So dive on into our course and learn what you need to, to feel confident, educated, and prepared for the birth of your dreams. This week by Morgan from Florida. With a history of sexual abuse and after experiencing obstetrical violence in her first two births, Morgan knew she would be staying home with this new baby. She shares her raw and real story about surprise pregnancies, overcoming addiction, and her discovery of self-love through her free birth. Finding no support in her husband to birth at home on her own terms, Morgan tells the incredible story of how she labored while he slept and birthed the baby alone in her bathroom, and in that experience, found a level of power, love, and confidence that would change her life. So um, I had my first child very unexpectedly. Um, I was in college, but... um, I dealt with some, a lot of rape trauma. Well, that's the thing. I did not deal with rape trauma and I suppressed that. And I had, um, about a full year of a really intense pill addiction. Mm -hmm. And, um, I became pregnant because I was totally reckless and, um, yeah, so I was pregnant and I checked myself into treatment for nine weeks And, um, you know, that was all successful, but, you know, trying to deal with that and Uh. I I wasn't even focused, you know, I I just went into birthing completely mainstream, just with the doctor. Um, my daughter was born in a hospital and she, um, she had meconium and I didn't get to hold her for 30 minutes probably. Um, you know, there was at least a dozen people in the room. I was so scared. Like I've always, I've been, I, I'm decently modest, you know, like I, I don't have trouble like wearing a low cut shirt, you know, that's not what I mean, but you know, I just don't feel comfortable. I've never felt comfortable with doctors. I've never felt comfortable having, you know, someone else's hand inside of me, you know, all, of all these things. So, and, but you say, of course, but so many people are like, well, what's the big deal? And so, right. So I've, you know, I've, I spent my entire life just thinking all that was normal. So, you know, her birth and then, um, 
I was raising her alone because her father was still um, very into his addiction. So I just cut off everything with him and did it by myself and finished school and um, met somebody else. And uh, we, I accidentally got pregnant again, but at least, you know, my life was much, much more stable now. Mm-hmm. And um, I still went into it just, you know, had a hospital birth, all of that. And, you know, that's my partner now. We've still, um, we're still together. And uh, so I had my son only 15 months after my daughter. And again, I was unprepared, you know, learning about birth was just irrelevant for me. Um, I just was not at that place yet. So again, I had a hospital birth and, um, that doctor was really awful. That doctor is the reason probably, you know, Mm. um, he, and, and I went in, uh, one morning I knew I was in labor. Um, I was having consistent contractions and they didn't believe me just because I, I'm pretty calm all the time. Like I don't really make a scene. I'm not loud. And you know, I was just telling them, Hey, I'm in labor. Didn't believe me, whatever. Finally, I get back there. He checks me and he's like, oh, yeah, you're, uh, I was like five or six centimeters. And okay, I'm just going to strip your membranes. Instead of asking, you know, do you want me to strip your membranes? It was like, you know, I'm getting this check. And then boom, that was really, really painful. So that was my first, like, what? Why did he do that to me without asking me? Like that, Mm. you know, and this is after, you I I have, I have actually, you know, actively dealt with my rape trauma so I can identify these things a little better. And, um, yeah, that was really awful for me. Um, you know, he didn't really, he he was just, I was a number. I was a number. I was not a person. I was totally, I was there to pay for his giant house and, you know, downtown and all that. Um, so here we are. And five years later, I get pregnant again. And I knew, you know, I, I've had five years to be a mother and figure out what kind of parent I want to be. And, and then I really, you know, dug into everything that is associated with like attachment parenting, you know, because that's what I identified with and, um, and then learned how much better birth can be. Mm. I, I, I joined Facebook groups and, you know, not just natural birth. And, um, you know, I saw all these happy women and I I thought I want that. Hmm. So for the next birth, um, I didn't do anything for 20 weeks. I I was so scared to see anybody because of how awful I was treated. Yeah. Um, I didn't do anything because I, it was very instinctive. Um, I didn't, I, I've never known anybody that hasn't, you know, sought treatment or, you know, prenatal care. Uh, well, you can still, obviously you and I know you can still have prenatal care without going to see anyone. Of course. Um, so I didn't do anything. Um, and then at 20 weeks, I, you know, I knew I needed to have some kind of documentation. I went in to see a midwife and, um, I, I'm sorry, I will back up. It's okay. Um, I was very sick from day one. I, and that, that's how I knew I was pregnant. I was just so sick. My other two pregnancies were a breeze. Um, 
you know, I worked up until the very end. They, they were very easy, but my, the third baby, I was very, very sick. And, um, I tried everything that, you know, the B6 Unisom and whatever that concoction is. Mm-hmm. And what helped me was cannabis. That was the only thing that made me functional. Sure. Um, my partner lost his job and I had to, um, go to work. You know, I've been, I've stayed home primarily the whole time since they'd been born. And, um, I, you know, I had to work, we had to pay our mortgage. <laughs> so there was no way for me to do anything, um, without it. And I was, I felt like I was doing it really responsibly and I made, you know, my own tincture. Obviously I'm in a state where it's illegal and the midwives are very regulated. Everything's so regulated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, I'm sure you could her- go get a ton of pharmaceuticals for your, you know, for your nausea. Right. So that's that I went into that appointment and I, I tried, you know, to be honest with her. And I said, look, this is the only thing that's working for me. And then, you know, she tried to prescribe me something else, um, that has whatever it is. It has like the known side effects and birth mm-hmm. defects that come. And I, and that was just like, uh, uh-uh. I said, I, I can't do this. And, yeah. um, I didn't go back. And so my, from day one, I just knew that I was going to be birthing alone. Like I just, I kept having this vision of just me alone. And I told my mother, you know, I don't want you at this birth. Um, and what about your man? So I, I haven't, I was not able to really talk with him about all that. Um, what do you mean? He was completely unsupportive. Oh, he is, um, you know, I love him, but I met him at a time where like my views of things were differently and we still align a lot, a lot of things, but he doesn't understand the, the feelings of violation and, you you know, he's never been in my shoes. He, yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard to explain trauma to someone when they, when it's normal, but when he, all this and he is... was at your, your second birth. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was there in the hospital with me and, <sighs> um, but you know, when you think it's normal, his yeah. mother was a labor and delivery nurse for years. Um, oh, you I'm know, so sorry. Just... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, I just, I, I ache for how, how common this is that wonderful husbands, you know, that are, and otherwise are, are totally connected, um, are not in this area so often. And we're talking about real, real abuse and violation that you experienced that led you to, um, a very serious decision. You know, that's a, a, a big deal in society, you know, to dissent in this way and to have to stand your ground in such a big way, like cannabis oil over pharmaceuticals, um, you know, birthing alone, not having obstetrical care, you know, in, you know, I mean, in Florida of all places, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's not a small thing. This is a big, this is a big deal. So I just, it, it, it hurts my heart to hear that you weren't supported by, by your partner. Cause it's a common, a common story. And anyway, right. well, that's, um, that's why I wanted to tell my story because I want people to know that they can, they can still do it. Mm. You know, you can, I, 
you know, I told him, yeah, I saw, I'm seeing the midwife, whatever. And he really wanted an ultrasound. So she was able to order that. And we, you know, I had the, the one ultrasound and, you know, so I compromised on things with him, but I knew that I, I knew that I was having that baby into my own arms. Hmm. I, I just knew. So I live in Florida and there were, um, we had a lot of hurricanes last year. So I was kind of interpreting it that, that, you know, these visions of me delivering my own baby were that I wasn't going to be able to, you know, I thought the hurricane was going to, um, we were going to be stuck in our house. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why. So I had joined a lot of unassisted groups before I found like your podcast and he, I joined, um, unassisted groups for emergency situations. And I just really, dived in and, you know, learned and tried to prepare myself the best I can, I could. So I still didn't have like any kind of solid plan what I was going to do exactly, but I was just preparing myself because I had, I just knew it was going to go good. I knew it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why. I just, I know I why is you're connected because you know, because yeah. you have intuition, because you're a woman. You know? Yeah. It's like, I, I love that because we don't have to know why, because the, the, the knowing is ancestral. The knowing is biological, you know? And, and sometimes like in your case and in so many cases, sometimes you have to see what the system can provide for you or not provide for you um, to, to like override that and get back in touch with this, deep, deep ancestral knowing in your bones that you're going to do this and that it's going to be okay. Absolutely. And that's what it was. And, you know, it was just so wonderful being at peace. You know, I I thought that I would stress about it, but I really didn't. And um, so I felt really confident that I, I knew what to do. You know, my other labors were easy. They would have been fast if they weren't, you know, full of intervention and people bothering me. Um, so the day before my guest date, um, my mom asked if she could, she said, you know, why don't you guys go out to dinner? Um, I'll take, you know, your two older kids. So we went to our favorite Italian restaurant and I had my favorite ravioli and we had a great night and went home and, um, I thought that maybe I just ate too much. Um, (laughs) And I was on the toilet for a long time. Uh. And then, you know, that gush came. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. So it was later at night. You know, we were we had to, like, watch a movie. And at this point in my pregnancy, I could only sleep, like, sitting up on the couch. So we were in, like, separate rooms anyway. So he went into his room and went to bed and I, I just couldn't even believe that this was happening. I was so (laughs) like, Oh my God, this is perfect. Like I have this whole side of my house to myself. My two older kids are gone. I can just be here. And I closed my eyes and dove in to Mm. the craziest shit of my life. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Oh my God. I I did not. It was so cool. I mean, like I, it was cooler than mushrooms. It was cooler (laughs) than anything. Like 
of course, I was uncomfortable and in pain, but the ability to 100% focus myself, like nobody's talking to me. Mm. There's no, all I can hear is like the water in my pool. And, you know, I was right. I was in a back bathroom in my house um, that like has a little door that opens up to the, the screen porch and the pool is right there. And um, I don't really know. I think it was maybe like two and a half hours and I mainly just, you know, squatted over the toilet and rode with the waves. And I, when I closed my eyes tight, you know, there was, there was the visuals there and just rainbows. And (laughs) it, it was just so amazing and so not scary. And just, you can't even put into words the, Mm. how empowering, like, I am so incredible. That's what I just kept thinking. Like, this is amazing. Um, And thankfully at like the last, well, once I got his head out, I was like, oh, I should turn my phone on. And, you know, so I got like the rest of the body, um, me pushing him out on camera on video that was a nice little thing to have. Mm. But I'm glad I thought of that. So um, how long was this? How long roughly do you feel like the labor was? I think it was about two and a half hours. Okay. So not long at all. Um, and your and man I, your man is asleep? Yeah, he's asleep. Him and, and did, the dog. Did you, uh, like, even let him know that you're going to be in labor? Um, No. I mean, he knew I was, like, on the toilet and, um, you know, I, you know, I said, uh, it could be whatever, but I thought mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wake you up. But, um, we had already had the discussion that if something like this happened, Oh, I would call 911 in a heartbeat. You know, that's mm-hmm. what he's told me. So oh that was, that was not an option for me. I was not going to let him ruin this for me. Um, you know, this is probably my last baby and I needed this so badly. Um, I really, I, I, it just all, it worked out so perfectly and, you know, I wasn't going to let him ruin it because yeah. of his fears. And, um, it's interesting you know, that I'm like trying to picture it and I totally hear what you're saying. It's interesting that he like just went to bed. Like if he was really that, um, you know, had an idea that you were in labor and I mean, it doesn't matter. This story is about you and it's freaking badass. but I'm just like trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to like picture his mentality of he knows that you're on the toilet, da, 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 da. And he just kind of is like, ah, oh, whatever. And goes to bed and then he wakes up and you have a baby in your arms. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. Um, That's amazing. yeah, I think, I think like, you know, he's not like, if I'm like, Hey, I have diarrhea. He's kind of like, okay, I'll give you your space, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, you know, I delivered him in my arms, just like I knew, just like mm-hmm. I saw in my head for the last nine months. And we just sat there and, um, you know, I had actually shared my video, um, in the group. And I was like, I'm so confused because I had him and, it was not like crying tears of happiness. And Mm. I was just like, Whoa, just (laughs) looking at him. And I, I, you know, I, I really couldn't believe what happened. And it was, I I was trying to come back into reality. Yeah. 
you know, I was so like out of it and, um, in another place that, you know, I find it took me like probably 20 minutes and, you know, we nursed and he was awesome, crying, healthy, beautiful, I want color. I want you to take me back to the actual birth, like where he actually, where you, you know, your body started to push and he emerged from you. So, um, my son's room is, is right next to this little, I'm in like a half bath with just a toilet and sink. That's where I labored the most, um, most of the time. And so my son's room is connected right there. And I just, um, grabbed a big blanket and put it on the ground. And, um, it felt really comfortable for me to, um, just be on my knees, but on not, you know, squatting, um, so yeah, I'm just squatting over this uh, blanket, but I'm more upright as well, and um, just pushing, <laughs> letting it come, and yeah. just uh, just going with it. And he just came out. I just had that one last, you know. I'll often do the video as well, but that one last big grunt, and I just caught him into my arms. So beautiful. Um, it was amazing. And then we got to sit there and it was just him and I for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. And so then I, you know, I said, okay, well, I I need to go show him the baby. Oh my God. So I walk into the room and I just told him, don't freak out. (laughs) Are you like, I'm picturing you like hiding the baby under a blanket or something. Well, so yeah, I'm holding the baby with, you know, he's obviously still attached with his umbilical cord. My placenta's still in. And, um, I walk over just up to the bed and touch him. I'm holding the baby. Oh my God. And the first thing, my dog, I'm sure she smelled all this. And she just perked up and is looking at me and trying to figure out, um, you know, I turned the lamp on next to him and I said, I just had the baby. (laughs) So, um, it took about 10 minutes for him to think that, to understand that this was real. Um, he really definitely thought he was dreaming or, you know, he's not, it's not easy to wake him up. Um, oh my God. You're like, no, 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 no. This is real. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is real. This is like, this is our you're, baby. You're like, could you clean up the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what I, you know, and I, I know how he works and I know how he functions. So I just said, if you call 911, I'm never talking to you again. Oh my God. I said, I need you to go get a shoelace and I need you to get those surgical scissors and go boil them. And, um, yeah, we just waited a little bit and, um, I, you know, I could feel that I was contracting and my placenta, you know, was ready to come and he helped me deliver my placenta. And then, you know, we just left it in a bowl. He ran a bath for me and, um, I just held the baby and nursed him in the bath and we waited a little bit, you know, maybe an hour and a half and, um, tied off the cord and, he did all that for me. Um, yeah, it was, it and ended so up. Did he calm down eventually? Oh yeah, he did. And he was so excited and he was so, he just kept saying, this is awesome. Like, I can't believe that just happened. And, you know, he looks back on it now and he is a, an absolute 
supporter of, you know, doing this naturally. And because I was that example for him, you know, Mm -hmm. he had only, he had only seen medicalized birth and, and for him, you know, he saw how well I bonded with the baby and how calm the baby was just, it's so different, this child. And Hmm. it hurts me a little bit, you know, because our, our bonds are different, you know, with the baby and yeah. But um, obviously, I'm so grateful for it, and obvi- and I love that I was able to show him that this can be normal, and um, and he agrees. <laughs> so, anyway, we um, you know, we got all cleaned up, and we just we, um, I put my placenta in the freezer, and uh, we went to bed. <clears throat> he was very adamant that a doctor just look at the baby. So at what stage I, postpartum? Um, well, we went to bed. So like noon the next day, mm-hmm. it was a weekend. It was a Friday night. Um, when this happened, he was born at like one o'clock in the morning. Um, so yeah, the next day at like noon, um, I really did not want to take him in. Um, but we didn't, it was only like a 20 minute thing. I just said, I just want you to look at him. Did you go to the hospital him, or a pediatrician yeah. or? So I just went to the ER um, because I called around to a lot of pediatricians and, you know, mine was, uh, wasn't open till Monday and, uh, nobody would look at the baby except for the emergency room. So gotcha. I took him to a very quiet, small, new one. <laughs> and I said, I just, I don't want anything done. I just want you to look at him. And, you know, and so for whatever reason, um, a doctor telling my partner that he's fine, he's <sighs> healthy. That was, that was that reassurance he needed. That makes me and feel crazy. I, <sighs> me too. Me too. <sighs> it makes me feel so <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Like, cause really it, why does another man have to validate your intuition? And I'm not, I'm not targeting, you know, him. It's, it's constant. It is like if, if another, you know, man who I'm going to trust more than the woman who, you know, actually knows. And what did, and exactly that's, that's the irony is you said, I don't want anything done. Yeah. So what, you know, like what even, and this is where it's not, um, where inquiries not applied on the, on the man's part, because if you're not going to agree to a series of tests and, um, whatever, you know, things that, that they could do, because your husband has no idea what they're going to do. He just, the Mm -hmm. idea of being checked out air quotes is this fairly unexplored concept. And I hear it all the time. I just did three interviews this week of women all saying the exact same thing. I free birthed at home without my partner's support. And our compromise was to go to the hospital and get checked out and nothing happened to the baby or a lot happened to the baby and it just was a, you know, cascade of, of interventions. Um, cause it could go either way. So yeah, I just, I implore anyone listening to, to consider that part of what does it even mean to be checked out? If, as, if you know, rightfully so for you that you were like, I don't want anything done. And so it was just this like ritual of going there, but not really applying like actual information of what would, what would happen or could happen. Exactly. Yes. Um, I, I went in and that's, I tried to explain that to him before. Like I refused to be admitted anywhere. Um, and I had called around and they all, you know, they, 
they can't even the, the whoever's answering the phone in the hospitals, they just think that it's the craziest situation ever when you explain mm-hmm. hi oh, this yeah. had a, and you know you you have suddenly have seven heads and you're yeah. just insane of course you need to come in here and stay for two days and I said I'm absolutely not doing that I do not need to be checked out I don't worry about me I'm good um you know so they weighed him took his temperature exactly. you know oh, can we can we give him this eye ointment can we give him this shot can we give him no I'm you know I just went in telling them, Oh no, I, I have all that worked out with our pediatrician on Uh Monday, which I, I didn't, but you know (laughs) that, and they were fine and they left us alone. And evidently, you know, our scale weighing him there was not good enough. Exactly. Like literally the stuff you're agreeable (laughs) to, you could just do at home, but it's not really about this. You know, the deeper issue is that you know, you, you uh, uh, felt like you had to or agreed to make a compromise with your partner to do something that was against logic and your best, you know, what you knew was best. And, and I'm not trying to be overly critical of your relationship. I just, I hear this dynamic all the time and I, I feel for you. That is a tough spot to be in. Like bringing your newborn into the ER, that's the last mm-hmm. thing you want to do after the badass, you know, sovereign birth experience you just had. I, I, I know. And I cried. I didn't, I did not want to bring him mm. at all. And yeah. it's just, it's just, you know, it was, it was patronizing when you come, you know, when right. it all boils down, that's exactly what it was. And, um, I'm very critical of the relationship that I have with him. <laughs> and, you know, I wish that I could, I, I wish it was different. You know, I wish, um, I wish we had a, an openness there, mm-hmm. but we don't, and we don't, and that's the reality. Right. And, and I, you know, like I said, I was not going to let anybody stop me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing. So that's really inspiring. That's, you know, cause I, I work with a lot of women who, um, and in my group, you know, I see, you probably see it too, almost every day. It's how do I get my partner on board? How do I get him, um, to let me, my husband won't let me, you know, all of this languaging. Um, and it drives me crazy because on the other hand, I know women who, um, I mean, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. It would not be my preference and it's not their preference, but they leave in labor and go birth at a hotel or they, um, you know, do what you did and are quiet about it and go in the bathroom and then say, Hey, don't freak out. This just happened, (laughs) you know? And, and what a example of, I mean, you're obviously choosing to be in this relationship. This is the cost. You know, every relationship has a cost of admission and, and you're very aware of that. It just as everybody's relationship has some cost and, you know, you took it into your own hands and went and had a psychedelic, powerful, gorgeous, incredible, perfect, undisturbed birth experience in your own home while your partner slept. And then he got to be a beautiful part of third stage and an immediate postpartum. And I, yeah, I, I just, I love this story. I hope it really, um, I hope it goes far and wide because I'm really sick of women feeling like other people own them and they can't make their own decisions and that they need permission from anybody else to birth the way that is in, most intuitive to them. And you're an example of not needing that. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, what, why would I compromise that? That's, that's all I kept reminding myself. I don't need, you know, for what? Mm -hmm. No way. Um, so it, 
my body knew when it was time, the perfect moment. Hmm. Um, it was, it was very much meant to be. And, you know, my mother the next morning, you know, she was, she was going to bring my kids back over and, um, I, she, we just surprised her with the baby. Oh my God. (laughs) So she thinks I'm still pregnant and she was crying hysterically because she said she felt so bad that I was alone. You're like, no, no, no. (laughs) And you know, oh my gosh, you must have been so scared. Mm, And I said, projection. I said, do not feel bad for me. This was the greatest thing that could have ever happened. Like as Mm. far as, you know, how my birth could have gone. It was perfect. Um, so, you know, now she understands it a little bit more and, um, you know, I, I still have to say, you know, Oh, we just, you know, we didn't go, we didn't make it to the birth center. Um, because I'm just, um, I'm not at that point where I'm ready to deal with all of that from everyone. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm very confident talking about it with people that understand and that's, sure. you know, I'm so grateful for this space that you have made because, um, I found it five days. I, I found the group, you know, um, like five days after I gave birth. No and, way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I had really only been exposed to like emergency unassisted. Right. So I found this and I just cried. I was like, mm. Oh my gosh, there are people yep. that also do this on purpose. <laughs> and it's just, it was so validating. And oh, that's awesome. I, I mean, that's literally the whole point of why I set this up was the idea occurred to me, um, or was presented to me from Indie Birth and the amazing Taking Back Birth podcast that Marin Green does. And mm-hmm. I found it at a time when I was really uh, seeing how licensed midwifery was letting down my clients and realizing that I couldn't have a licensed midwife at my birth. And it just was like a light bulb. And I was like, oh my God, not only can I do this on my own terms and by myself or with, you know, people of my choosing, but other women are also doing this. I have to get these stories out. And so because of you sharing this story, I guarantee it. I will have people that email me and message me and say, because of her story, I fired my doctor or I birthed alone in a bathroom. I mean, it happens every time I release (laughs) an episode, every time I get contacts from women all around the world, not just in our country, all around the world saying, because of this episode or this episode, I had no idea that this was a normal thought. This has been burning in my heart or I cannot have another C-section. And because there's 50 episodes of women doing this or because of 3,500 women in this group, I, I know that I'm not crazy and I can stand in my community um, with this secret or with being exposed, you know, either way and know that I'm not crazy. I know. And it's just, how awesome is that? How awesome. It's huge. And it's going and more and more women are going to be healed and And babies empowered. Yeah. And partners. I mean, it's, you know, you know, if you were to have another child, I'm sure that your partner would feel super different about it now that it all went so splendidly. Right. And that's absolutely it's, it's hugely impactful. I mean, you, you birth in power, you heal the world. It's real. It's, it's incredible. And we cannot afford to have any more broken women from fucked up abusive births. We cannot afford for more babies to be born in trauma unnecessarily. 
We can't afford it. You know, the, the, the vast majority of babies are being born into violence and from violence. And it, it is why I do this. It is why I get up every day and I'm charged and I focus on this. And this is my entire freaking life because we cannot afford it. And so it's why these stories are so important and to highlight not just the significance and the, the dopeness of birthing and power, but the simplicity of it, that literally all you did was follow your own intuition and walk over to your bathroom. You know, like it wasn't <laughs> this whole big thing. It wasn't this whole orchestrated, you know, thing. I mean, internally, of course, but that you, it, that it's the most simple thing in the world to just stay home and to just let yourself be your guiding compass, you know, and it is, heartbreaking that that is radical, right? I mean, that is insane. I know that is, it is so insane that we are treated like just absolute crazy people to, to think this way, but it's so normal. And we will have the last laugh. Well, it's not funny, but we will have the last, uh, benefit because you have a healthy baby, not born in trauma, born to a woman who feels in her power that followed her instincts. I mean, that is now exemplified to your children and anyone who is committing or has birthed in power and followed their instincts. I mean, that's a whole new wave of womanhood that is taking back birth and healing families and healing men and healing these little babies. And I mean, it's, it's the last laugh is the wrong term to use. Cause like I said, it's not funny, but we are, reaping the benefits of normal physiological birth and bonding and attachment therapy and all of this stuff that the babies and of our next generation are going to benefit in an undeniably scientifically based way. Yes, I know. And, and it's so, I never imagined that having a baby my way would bring out all these other things about me. Like I, I just feel like a lot more outspoken now. I'm not scared to say what I want to say. Mm, cool. Um, you know, I just feel like a much more radical feminist, hmm. um, just, yeah, radical in every way. I'm just, I, I think I can say for the first time in my life, like, I just, I love myself. Mm. I'm, I'm so proud of myself. I can't wait to see like what's going to happen. You know, I, it just transformed me. It's what I needed. Mm. That's awesome. Yes. That's so cool to hear. That's so inspiring. And, and of course, right. How could it not affect every part of your life? How could it not? It's, it's, it's birthing yourself into a new level of power and, and then you get to feel that for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, we're, we're taught as women to, to, to be quiet and Mm -hmm. submissive and, um, you know, when you realize that, when you realize that you can say, fuck that, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I want to do. It, it's just amazing. And that was the catalyst yeah. that I needed to, to be me. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's so cool that like platforms like this, you know, like I am like that just by nature, I've always been like that. And so I've created this platform where I'm like, anybody else who feels this way, please come get loud with me. And all (laughs) of these women are like, oh my God, you know, and they're getting loud and they're getting louder in their communities and they're birthing more on their terms. And they're, you know, following their instincts, like you said, beyond just birth. But um, a woman in our group just announced that she just breastfed in public for the first time for the first time. And it's her second baby. It made me cry. You know, that's sweet. I know. And it's such a big deal what's happening here. And, you know, for anyone listening, 
we are in a virtual circle around the world, you know, empowering each other and lifting each other up and birthing in power and doing our best and getting loud. And, you know, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to claim your story. And, you know, if, if you can't find anywhere else to share it, please email me, you know, get on a Skype with me, find our group, join this because we need each other to do this, to validate and normalize what we're doing. Absolutely. And it, it's, you know, isolation is so toxic and you can thrive. You, it's, it's so much easier to thrive when you have community and mm-hmm. validation and, you know. Yeah, it's just imperative. Able to, yeah, it absolutely is. Oh, girlfriend, thank you. It was so nice well, to connect you. with you. What a cool, brave, yes. courageous, badass story. I'm excited to share it. And yeah, just so I much. loved your story too. That was so fun. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, she really just left the hospital. I know. Pushing. <laughs> that I, was I so wish insane. that I could have been a fly on a wall. Me too. Like, <laughs> nurses, like, what the hell is this woman doing? I am not exaggerating. There was like eight or nine with their jaws dropped open. <laughs> like we were just, you know, once I knew I was good, we were just like laughing. And I mean, I'm so grateful. No one called CPS or anything crazy on yeah. us because we were like, peace out. Yeah. It was awesome. That right. is awesome. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.